Uh, anyway, today we are uh, going to continue in our Improve Your Life series, and uh, I am able to officially confirm that today is the next to last sermon uh, in the series. I wasn't clear last week which way it was going to be. There is going to be one more, but this is the next to last one. And so I want us to receive encouragement from the Bible today that if we want to improve our lives in 2017, we need to be people who don't give up. Don't give up. But I feel the need, as we start out, to acknowledge that the encouragement to not give up is not universally applicable. It's not the kind of counsel you can give and it applied to every situation. We need to acknowledge that there are situations in life where the way to improve your life might actually be to give up. Sounds really inspirational, doesn't it? (laughs) Sometimes quitting at something is exactly the way to improve your life. For example, if you work for a company that demands 60 or 70 hours a week for not very good pay, you might actually improve your life by quitting that job and finding another one. Taking a don't give up approach in that situation might actually contribute to a poor quality of life uh, rather than an improvement in your life. If you're a self-employed person and for the last five years you've been having to keep your business afloat out of your savings account, it might be the, the best decision you ever made to quit that business and do something else. That might be the thing that actually improves your uh, life and your financial health. If you're in a dating relationship with someone that you fight with all the time, ending that relationship might be the way to improve your life. Taking a don't give up approach in a dating relationship that is unhealthy is not going to be the right counsel. If you show up at the front door of the White House insisting that you have a scheduled appointment with the president when you don't actually have one, (laughs) getting louder in your insistence that you're to meet the president is probably something that your life would be better served to quit doing. Don't give up would not be the right counsel in that situation. And so I think it has to be acknowledged that sometimes a way to improving life can involve quitting, giving up on something. But in general terms, and in many circumstances, I would say most circumstances in life, it really is true that a great way to improve your life is to be someone who does not give up. Too many people give up on things way too easily. And I think that all of us face the temptation to give up on things as soon as they become difficult. Easy things, I'm never tempted to quit. But difficult things, I face a lot of temptation uh, to quit. And when we do that, we miss out on some really good things in life. Uh, I've shared the story before. Some of you have heard it. Some of you haven't of how I felt that I was supposed to be a pastor from the time I was like 18 or 19 years old. But I didn't actually become one until I was 32 years old. And so for 13 to 14 years, I thought I was supposed to be doing something that was eluding me. I could not figure out uh, how to do that. Now, 32 isn't that old, but it is an age where if you don't figure something out in the next few years, you end up being a middle-aged man, not having any idea what to do with your life, not having made much progress. And so 
I worried about these things and they tempted me to give up on numerous occasions, but I, I didn't give up and eventually God opened the doors uh, to allow me to do this. And then of course, once I became a pastor, that saying, be careful what you wish for, became very real to me. <laughs> and uh, now sometimes I face the temptation to quit this thing that I wanted to do for so long. Uh, anytime something is difficult, we face the temptation to quit. But quitting too soon when we should persevere, this does great damage to our lives. And so again, in most situations in life, don't give up is really good counsel. And from the Bible today, I want to highlight four circumstances where the counsel don't give up is always the right counsel. In these four circumstances, it is always 100% true that your life will be better if you don't give up. And here's the first one. Don't give up when spiritual growth is slow. How many of you have noticed that becoming more like Jesus often feels like a process of one step forward, three steps back? You make a little bit of progress, then we mess it up and we regress. I think many of us recognize that our spiritual growth is much slower than what we would like for it to be. And we face the temptation to become discouraged about this. And we face the temptation uh, to just kind of give up and quit. Not only do we recognize our own slow pace of growth, but we're often quite aware of the slow pace of spiritual growth of our brothers and sisters. Especially when we're on the wrong end of evidence of how slow they're growing. <laughs> Joe got it. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> how many of you have ever been on the wrong end of evidence that your brother and sister in Christ is not really growing in the Lord like they should? I think most of us have. So sometimes we get discouraged about our own growth and feel like giving up. Many times we get discouraged at the progress of others and we feel the temptation to give up on other people. When you are tempted to give up because your spiritual growth is slow, here is a great scripture for you to turn to. In fact, this is one of the ones that should make it to your refrigerator door. This should be tucked in your Bible, on your bookmark. This should be on the mirror in your bathroom. This is one of those verses that really are just a great encouragement. And here it is, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Paul writes, And I am certain certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day that Christ Jesus returns. You might be discouraged over your progress. You might be discouraged over someone else's progress. You might be tempted to quit. You might be tempted to give up on another person, think they should go ahead and quit, and you're tempted to give up on them as well. But here's the truth. God is not discouraged by your progress. God is not discouraged by the pace of your growth. God is not discouraged by your friend's progress. God knows that neither one of you should quit because here's what God knows. He knows that he got involved in your life to make a completed project out of you. If God started his work in you, all you have to do is not quit. Just don't give up. <laughs> 
And he's going to continue his work in you until the day that Christ Jesus returns. And so if progress is slow, don't be discouraged. Just keep at it. Just keep pressing forward. If it's one step forward and three steps back for a while, God can work with that. If it's one step forward and one step back, God can work with that. Hopefully at some point we we get to a place where maybe we at least take a couple steps forward and then one step back. God can work with that. You see, God's never had any perfect followers, not a single one. And so he is used to working with people who take steps back. He is committed to you even when you take steps back. He will complete his work in you. And so you don't ever need to be tempted and entertain that temptation to give up when spiritual growth is slow. Here's what the enemy of your soul will tell you. He will tell you that slow growth equals no growth and that God is angry at you because of it. But what do we know about the enemy? The enemy is what? The enemy is a liar. God knew how you'd grow when he got involved with you. He knew every step forward you would take. He knew every step backward that you would take. He knew the progress. He knew the regression. God knew it all before he ever got started with you. And here's what he's committed to do. He's committed to continue to work with you until he completes his work in you. And so the only way to lose here is to give up, is to quit. If you just refuse to quit, you're going to be okay. So when it comes to spiritual growth, this counsel is always right. 100% of the time, no matter how slow it's been, don't give up. Here's the next one. Don't give up when living right doesn't seem to be paying off. Some of you have noticed that. Galatians 6, 7 through 10, here's what we read. Uh, I think this will be on the screen behind me. By the way, I'm reading from the NLT, the New Living Translation. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Have you ever noticed how often it seems to be that people who are really trying to do the right thing, people who are really trying to live for God, people who are really trying to to allow God to be on the throne of their life and, and live in a way that pleases God, people who are really trying to live by the golden rule, it seems like trouble finds these people at every turn. Say, amen. Amen. And then to make it worse, as you're trying to do right and finding trouble at every turn, you look around and you see people who aren't trying to do right at all. Like they're putting zero effort into living right. 
People who completely disregard God. People who mistreat and abuse those around them, and yet everything is turning up roses for them. Anybody ever looked around and seen that? And sometimes we face the temptation to conclude that living right just doesn't pay off like you think it should. We, we think that living righteously should yield a harvest of blessing. But our circumstances tempt us to think that the only thing living right has gotten us is more difficulty. And sometimes it actually looks like we might have had less difficulty if we hadn't bothered living right. Basically, the world just looks unjust. Billy Joel famously sang, only the good die young. And sometimes it seems as though goodness does not get a person very far. This is what Galatians 6 addresses. It's an assurance. It's a reassurance. Whatever it looks like to you, know this. God will not be mocked. A person will reap what they sow. Those who look like they're being rewarded even though they're living sinful lives, they will harvest death and decay from those sinful lives. Those who live to please God will harvest everlasting life. They will reap that harvest. And so in light of this take it to the bank truth, Paul writes, so don't get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, you will reap the harvest of blessing for doing good. What? If you don't give up. Just like in our day, Paul knew in his day that people would be tempted to look around and conclude that righteous living doesn't pay off. He knew that people would look around, people were trying to do good and, and note that they just have a bunch of trouble. And then they'd look around and see people not trying at all and life would seem to be great. And so he writes this to encourage people then and us today that everyone will reap what they sow. So continue doing good. You will reap the harvest of blessing. It, it's just like, it's a law. It's, it's a promise. It, like you can take it to the bank. Doing good reaps a harvest of blessing. Even if it doesn't look like it right now, doing good always reaps a harvest of blessing. It's a promise. And so no matter how unjust life looks right now, keep doing good, keep doing right, keep living to please God, and it is as sure as the sun coming up tomorrow, you will reap a harvest of blessing. So just don't, don't give up. I think some of us here today very likely have been almost close to a state of despair over the injustice of people uh, prospering who aren't, aren't doing good, evil people prospering, and what looks like the injustice of good people suffering. Galatians reminds us not to despair. God is not going to be mocked. And so those who please God will eventually reap the harvest of blessing we think they should reap if they just don't give up. So don't ever give up living for God and doing good. Faithless friends will tell you it's not worthwhile to do that. The culture will tell us that we're wasting our time. 
But the Bible promises us that we will be rewarded for doing well. You may not see it right now, but you will see it. It is a promise from God. You will get rewarded for doing right. So just don't give up. When you look at life and it looks like doing right isn't paying off, this counsel is always right. Don't give up. You never have to question, is there a time when I should consider giving up when, when life doesn't look fair, when, when, when it looks like living right isn't paying off? You don't, you don't have to entertain that question. It is always right. Don't give up. Here's the third thing. Don't give up when life is hard. Life is great. It is a blessing. It's a gift. It really is. But life is also really difficult. At least at times. How many of you have noticed that life can be really difficult? Yeah. Two scriptures I want to share today that encourage us, encourage us when life is hard. Here's the first one. This is another one for your, for your refrigerator. Job 23.10. But he knows where I am going. And when he tests me, I will come out as pure gold or as pure as gold. That was written by Job in the context of all the trials that Job went through. And uh, most of you are probably pretty familiar with those. If you're not, I'd encourage you to read the book of Job this week. But suffice it to say that Joseph, uh, Job, I'm sorry, had trials that were just unbelievable, just absolutely unbelievable. And in the context here of what we've read, he, he's admitting to God that he is just in a bitter place. I mean, he is bitterly complaining uh, about the difficulties that he's in. He's feeling as though life's difficulties are too hard. They are too much. And, and yet, in the midst of these unbelievable difficulties that he experienced, Job has a realization he, he realizes that God knows what the future holds for him. And then he realizes that the troubles that he's going through are being used by God for a purpose. They're being used by God for a purpose. The, the trials were being used by God to produce something precious in Job's life. He says that when he comes out of these fiery trials, he will come out as pure as gold. The, the church that we attended when I was a teenager in Texas had this song that we sang a lot. I, I think it was unique to this church, but, but I'm not certain of that. So if, if you sang this song, let me know. But of course, you're probably not going to really recognize it because I'm not actually going to sing it. I'm just going to uh, say a couple of lines. But, uh, but the song, uh, part of it went, please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. When God gets through with me, I will come forth as pure gold. It's so true. It's so true. You know, Job didn't always respond to trials the way that he should have. But he learned through all of them that trials had a purpose in his life. He learned that God was refining him through these trials. As hard as this is for us to... To, to kind of make peace with sometimes, life's trials and troubles are not pointless, even when they feel like they are. 
They are being used by God for a purpose to refine us, to improve us. And so when life is hard, we shouldn't give up. The the difficulty is being used by God to refine us. We are going to emerge from the trials and hardships of life as pure gold. In fact, this is a good verse to apply to all four points today. Be patient with me. God isn't through with me yet. When my spiritual growth is slow, God isn't through with me yet. When when, when I get discouraged because I feel like life isn't fair, God's not through with me yet. When life's difficult and I don't respond to it well, be patient. God isn't through with me yet. Someday I'm going to come forth as pure gold. On the next thing we're going to talk about when when we've sinned again, be patient. God isn't through with us yet. When he finally gets through with us, we're going to come forth as pure gold. And then when life is hard, we find this encouragement in John 16, This is Jesus speaking. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. When all else fails, you're in the midst of the greatest difficulties life can throw at us. We can rest Secure in this assurance, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has overcome this world. If your entire life, from beginning to end, proves to be one big difficulty, you need to remember that what happens here on this earth in the short time of our lives is not all there is. And because Christ has overcome the world, someday he is going to make everything right. All of the tears of life will be wiped away. The poor health that we battled throughout our lives will be replaced with perfect health. The pain and sorrow that we experience will be done away with as everything is made new. Here are true things. Every injury that life inflicts, heaven will heal. Every loss that life brings, heaven will restore. So don't give up when life is difficult. God is using the difficulties for the purpose of refining us. And God has overcome the world. It will not always be this way. A better day is coming if we just don't give up. And so when life is hard, this is always the right advice. There's never any other advice to take. This is always the right advice. When life is hard, don't give up. And here's one more. Don't give up when you've sinned again. I think this is right at the top of the the temptations to quit that we face. Uh, Here's what happens to us. We sin. Then we sin again. And yet again... And then again, and like how many times could I say that before I'd be wrong? It'd be a lot, at least for a lot of us. Even the Apostle Paul became quite frustrated with his seeming inability to fully surrender to Christ. We know that we're saved by grace, And we know that Jesus died for us on the cross because we're not really up to living a life of sinless perfection. But here's what we also know. We know that God empowers us 
to resist temptation, to resist sin, uh, to resist sin. We know that. We know we are not powerless against the temptation to sin. And so when we keep doing it over and over again, we become discouraged. And we can start to feel like, what's the point of even trying? And the enemy of our souls loves that thought. And so he does everything that he can to encourage that thought. And if we aren't careful, we conclude that we might as well give up. And here's what that means when we say we might as well give up. It doesn't mean I might as well just give up and quit sinning. It means I might as well just give up and keep doing this sin as much as I want without any resistance. And there is nothing that is further from the truth. When you've sinned, and and then you've sinned again, and you've sinned again, the right response is always, no matter how many times you've failed, don't give up in your battle against sin. Scripture is very clear how we need to respond to sin. And so I want to share three things with you today that that we know is how we should respond when we sin. Three things that should encourage us to never give up when we've sinned. 1 John 1 verse 8 calls us to be honest about ourselves. It says, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. And then verse 9 of 1 John 1 tells us what to do when we sin. Here's what it says. But if we confess our sins to him, to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. There there is so much good here in in these verses. Uh, First of all, we find, hey, be honest. You have sin in your life. Stop, stop trying to act like you don't. don't. Don't act like you've reached a state of perfection because you haven't. Paul knew this from his own life. And then here's something we find. While you should not give up over sin, you should not act like sin isn't a problem. Because it is. When we sin, we need to confess our sin to God. You shouldn't make peace with sin as though it's no big deal. You you shouldn't take the grace of God for granted where you can just sin and move on with life as if nothing happened. That's an abuse of the grace of God. No. Here's what this tells us. Sin is a big deal. And because it is, it requires confessing it to God. You don't just move on as though nothing happened. That, that, that's not what don't give up means. Just act like it's no big deal. It's not what it means. We have to confess to God. But then once we confess, what do we find out? God forgives us and God cleanses us. I want you to notice that there are no qualifiers put on those prom- that promise. There's, there's no limitation placed on that promise. It doesn't say, confess your sins to God. And as long as it was a little sin, God will forgive you and cleanse you. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say, confess your sin to God. And as long as it's the first time that you've ever done that, then God will forgive you and cleanse you. No limitations. 
No qualifiers. Just admit your sin, confess your sin, recognize it's a problem, and confess it before God. He will forgive you, and he will cleanse you. So when we sin, we don't give up. We don't throw in the towel, but we confess. And we receive God's forgiveness again. And then Hebrews 12, 1 through 4 provides more good information for when we sin. Here's what it says. Since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not, given, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. When we sin, even when we've sinned again, we don't give up. We confess and we receive forgiveness. And then we look to Jesus again and start fighting against sin again. We strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. We do this by focusing again on Jesus. We confess and are forgiven. We commit ourselves to again fighting against sin instead of giving into it. We do this by looking to Jesus, keeping our eyes on him. And so when you sin, resist the temptation to give up. Don't do that. Just commit to fight again. If this is your, your, your tenth go-round with the same sin, confess, be forgiven, commit to fight again. Don't give up. Look to Jesus again. And then Psalm 30 verse 5 gives us the final encouragement that I want to share today regarding how we respond when we sin. It's said in a psalm where David appeals for God's mercy and he writes in the second part of verse 5, weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. When we have sinned again, if our hearts are sensitive toward God, here's what's going to happen. We are going to experience sorrow for our sin. And that is an appropriate response to sin. But once we've been forgiven and cleansed by God, sorrow is no longer the right emotion. When God forgives us again, the right emotion is joy. When we've sinned again and we've Come and confess to God. We've been forgiven by him. We've committed to fight against sin again. We've refocused our eyes on Jesus. God does not want us then to continue in a state of mourning. God wants us to receive his forgiveness and respond in the appropriate way, which is to have our joy restored to us. Forgiven people are joyful people. When the realization of sin and the reality that we've done it again hits us, sorrow and weeping will come and that's appropriate. But once we've confessed and been forgiven, joy comes to us. The time of weeping is over and the time for joy and thanksgiving has come. So my prayer 
One of my prayers today is that you don't let the fact that you've sinned again permanently rob your joy. God does not want that for you. Just confess, be forgiven, and let God's joy once again be your joy. Don't give up when you've sinned again. Confess, stand back up, commit to fight again, look to Jesus again, rejoice that he has forgiven you and cleansed you again. In each of these situations that I've shared today, all four of them, the right counsel is always don't give up. To improve your life when any of these four things are true of you, the counsel is always don't ever give up. Don't give up when your spiritual growth seems slow. Don't give up when living right doesn't seem to be paying off. Don't give up when life is hard. And don't give up when you've sinned again. Just don't ever give up. As long as you don't give up, you're going to be all right. God is going to continue his work in you. And God is going to be glorified in your life. Just don't give up. Let's stand.